In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, man, when you take the time to sincerely pause and reflect on the price Jesus paid for our freedom, it is mind-blowing. Seven centuries before the events occurred, the prophet Isaiah wrote, by his wounds, by his stripes, we are made whole, we are healed. It was the shedding of his awesome, sinless, crimson blood that made us whiter than snow. In every single Pastor Brad Rocks podcast, I get to share one of my songs with you that goes along with what we're talking about. Today, we're going to share a song that is deeply evocative, deeply emotional for me, rooted in a powerful experience. This song is called Cat of Nine Tails. It's from my 2004 album, Rock You Up. Can't wait to share it with you, man. Are you ready? Let's do it. Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. The last night of Jesus' life was as close to hell on earth as any human being has ever experienced. He was sold out by one of his own, Judas. He was wrongfully arrested, railroaded through a mockery of a trial, beaten to within an inch of his life, nailed to a piece of wood where he hung until he died. Here's what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 5. We despised and rejected him. He endured suffering and pain. No one would even look at him. We ignored him as if he were nothing. But he endured the suffering that should have been ours, the pain that we should have borne. All the while, we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God. But because of our sins, he was wounded, beaten because of the evil we did. We are healed by the punishment that he suffered, made whole by the blows he received. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that speak about Messiah, who he would be, where he would come from, what his ministry would look like, what he would accomplish, etc. Jesus fulfilled all 300 of them, and a bunch of them speak to the suffering that he would endure to pay for our sins. I want to share a couple of those verses with you. Psalm 41, verse 9. Even my closest friend, whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. That's exactly what happened on the evening that Jesus was betrayed, when he shared that final passage. Passover meal with his disciples and specifically with Judas. Psalm 22 is all about the suffering of the Messiah. It begins with these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar? Jesus quoted those words from the cross. By the way, it was common at that time for rabbis and teachers of the scriptures to quote the beginning of a passage, thereby calling all who were listening to think about the contents and the meaning of the entire passage. So when Jesus spoke those words from the cross, it absolutely would have called everyone who listened to this entire psalm, and they knew that that was a messianic psalm. Psalm 22 verses 7 and 8 say, All who see me mock me. They hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. By the way, Psalm 22 was written a thousand years before Christ walked the earth. Pilate had Jesus beaten to within an inch of his life. The Roman soldiers fashioned a crown out of thorns and thrust it onto his head, pushing it down until the thorns penetrated into his 
his scalp and even his skull. They beat him on the head with a stick while that crown was on his head. They blindfolded him and struck him and spat on him and said, oh, who struck you? Tell us who struck you. They mocked him. They laid him down on that cross at the top of Mount Calvary when he finally arrived there after carrying it most of the way. The last little bit he couldn't any longer. And so they pulled Simon out of the crowd and made him carry it the rest of the way. But when he got there, they laid his bloody body on that cross and nailed him to it. And the very first words out of his mouth were, Father, forgive. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Jesus hung on the cross for six agonizing, unimaginable hours. But here's what's, I think, mind-blowing. That's a relatively short time for a crucifixion victim to hang on the cross. Most victims were up there a lot longer. What? That's correct. When you were crucified, you actually didn't die from the wounds that were inflicted on you. It was actually much worse. You suffocated. Eventually, you lost the ability to exhale. It's unimaginably horrific. At one point, the gospel said that the Romans came and broke the legs of the men hanging on the cross on either side of Jesus. Hanging on the cross like that, the only way you can exhale is by straightening up, pushing yourself up. And so the Roman soldiers would break their legs to prevent them from doing that and it would actually speed up the death. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. He pierced his side. That's fulfillment of scripture as well. To make sure he was dead and water mixed with blood flowed out, which was a sign that he had died. So they didn't have to break Jesus's legs. John speaks to this fact that they didn't have to break his bones. In John chapter 19, verse 36, he says, for these things came to pass to fulfill the scriptures. And then he has in quotes, not a bone of him shall be broken. This is a reference to the Passover lamb. Jesus Jesus was God's ultimate once for all Passover lamb. And there was strict in the Old Testament that you were not to break any of the bones of the Passover lamb. What a beautiful thing it is to consider that God's ultimate Passover lamb never had a bone broken either. I'll never forget going to the theater to see the movie that Mel Gibson put out, The Passion of the Christ. When I finished viewing it, first off, I was just blown away, utterly undone. For days, I walked around really feeling like that was as close as I could ever possibly come to experiencing what the original people at the actual event must have felt because it just felt so real. It was bigger than life up there on the screen to actually witness. I felt like I had actually witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus and it just wiped me out. I only saw the movie the one time in the theater. I never want to see it again. And here's why. It was kind of a bittersweet thing. The sweet part was and is that I'm painfully thankful that I had the experience of coming that close. I mean, that's as close as you can get to actually having been at the real crucifixion. It gave me that sense of just completely being wiped out, seeing the love of God on display like that. It touched me in ways and impacted me on levels that it's impossible to describe with words. And if you saw the movie, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It made me forever grateful. I was already forever grateful, but it just even deepened my gratitude to Jesus for his willingness to suffer like that for me. But of course, I never want to see that again. I can't imagine if you were to go to any of Jesus' followers who actually lived through that day, the people who loved him and saw him suffer like that. Of course, you say, hey, do you want to see that again tomorrow? Of course not. There are two moments in this on-screen portrayal of the crucifixion of Jesus that just rise to the top for me. The first one was when Jesus was about to be beaten by the Roman soldiers. Pilate had sent Jesus away to be flogged, thinking that maybe that flogging would satisfy the crowds, right? So he goes there to be beaten with rods by these Romans. And he's 
alone. He's left alone for a moment right before the beating begins. He closes his eyes and he's clearly going to his father in prayer. Takes a deep breath and you can just see that he just, he just goes to another place. Like he's resolved. Now he's ready to step across the line and endure this suffering all the way to the end. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the author and the pioneer of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus looked past the suffering to the joy on the other side of that suffering. The joy of knowing that what his blood was purchasing, the freedom of all who would believe in him. He looked to the other side when he would be resurrected and reunited with his father. He looked past the suffering and endure the cross with that in mind scorning its shame wow that's what I see happening in that scene it's so powerful it's so inspiring the other scene is when he's carrying his cross and he falls and I forget who comes to try to help him you know get back up and lift up the cross I think it might have been his mother Mary in that scene and he raises his head just blood horrible just agony all over his face but he says to this person behold I make all things new that is so amazing because in the midst of going to his death he was laser focused on the mission of what he was accomplishing the father's plan of redemption for you and me so awesome hallelujah man by his stripes we are healed by his blood, we are cleansed. So I'm sitting in my pastor's study at the Michiana Community Church of God in Granger, Indiana, just outside of South Bend, Indiana. Right after I saw the movie, we took a, a group from our church to see it. And I'm just speechless. I'm undone. I'm just deeply... I don't, I don't even know the words. I was just stripped raw after seeing that movie. And I began to write this song cat of nine tails it is a song for me of worship and thanksgiving to christ for what he did for me by the end of the song it builds to this kind of full throttle double bass driving beat to the end and i'm just declaring this statement i just say i don't know how anyone could ever say no to your grace all i know is that I can't wait to see your face. And through those words, man, I'm just saying, Jesus, you are so awesome. I really can't imagine why anyone wouldn't want to say yes to Jesus and receive what he's done for us. He is such an awesome savior. But in the end, whether anyone else receives him or not, I love him and I'm gonna serve him and I can't wait to see his face, man. So that's what this song is about, Cat of Nine Tails. By the way, if you're not familiar with the Cat of Nine Tails, it was a brutal tool of torture. Most people believe it originated in Egypt uh, with the worship of cats, nine tails, nine lives, all that. It's called the Cat of Nine Tails. They would weave into the end of these nine strands of whip, pieces of glass and iron and rock, and it would literally strip the flesh off of people when they beat people with it. Incidentally, Many scholars believe that the reason Jesus died within six hours, which also allowed him to not have to have any of his legs broken and, and be able to fulfill scripture like that, is because his beatings were so bad that he was very close to death before they even nailed him to the cross. So here it is, man, a song of worship, a song of amazement and awe, and a declaration of how awesome our Savior is, Cat of Nine Tails. This device was designed to inflict 
Wicked calls, the cat and the 
hey man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things that helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.